Good morning to you as well. And it's actually much warmer this morning than I thought it was going to be with some forecasts of sleet and snow on the horizon. But actually it was quite fresh. And you've been off walking your lovely dog. Ah, uh, yes, you guessed. Yes, I have. And she loved it so much. So I wrapped her up in her very notable red jacket and rainbow snood, uh, which she's getting <laughs> A bit of notoriety for because she's got this long neck and this long rainbow snood which is quite fetching <laughs> i wrapped her up and we were shedding garments as we were around the woods of borden borden hill and yes it was just really fresh and the, the views across stratford were quite wonderful this morning yes yes i've also been for a walk through um haywood and uh near uh warwick she's just just gorgeous anyway right now then i promised you i would only steal 45 minutes of your time so uh if, but if we get cut off in our prime um yes. just um you know tap the same link again and it comes straight back in again okay cool um and i have my cup of lovely hot water with me as well for this sunday morning oh i have so cheers maximum caffeine cheers oh for a moment, I thought that was a Guinness. I thought, gosh, that's a little early. <laughs> Menno. Menno. <laughs> right. Okay. So, Fiona, thank you so much for thank you so much for 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 agreeing to come on and be that you're the first. I'm gonna I'm gonna chat with ten people about this sort of thing, and then um, and then uh, do a, do a, an interview with myself and talk about <laughs> what I've learned. Really, you know. Yes, I'll tell you Wonderful. more about what I'll tell you about where it all came from another time. But um, but I'm wasting precious minutes. So uh, so uh, without further ado, yes, Fiona, and I'll do a little intro to you in the in the well, and you can do it yourself if you like. But I'll do an intro to you in the in the in the kind of show notes, as it were, the show description. Um, <laughs> all right, um, that would be lovely. Thank you. <laughs> and it should be up today, by the way. I'll, tr I'll try and edit it up today, and then you can you can yes. pass it around all your friends, and I'll pass it around both mine. Um, yes, and you're one of them. <laughs> you know, the title oh, of the program is it's it's uh, what is the meaning of life? So, um, without that's let, I will just shut up for a bit, really, and you can you can take it how you like, really. Um, what, okay. is, there a, is there a meaning to life? What what is it for you? And then I'll, I'll chip in. Okay. Well, it's funny when you say what's the meaning of life. I still, maybe from our generation, still think of the Monty Python gang. Yes. Like the life, yes. <laughs> life yes. of Brian. Or it, yes. I guess it's like, it's such a big question. We could radiate out in so many ways. It could be a philosophical discussion that's gone on through the eons of time, probably from Neanderthals pointing at stars to greeks and togas to just general conversations to also when people are young and they suddenly realize they're here and that moment when you realize that you're not immortal or whether you 
take a, a wry look on life in a Python-esque way and uh, just see a big picture with a little light-heartedness, I guess. Um, I always remember the first time, actually, when I really understood life was my grandmother passed away when she was seven and I suddenly thought, oh, we're not here forever. And it really made, and I suddenly had this panic. And it's interesting because us humans, we all know that we're going to leave this mortal coil. And, but how often does it really come up and face us? And obviously people deal with this concept through many ways, through denial, <laughs> complete denial, which is why we can go on hedonistic lifestyles or um, we can do what we want and we always think we're immortal. Uh, maybe the young take risks and the older, maybe they we eat the wrong foods or people drink or, or just maybe don't look after themselves. Um, but... I think obviously the other ways people deal with it is through having faith or, or religion. And now, of course, there's a great movement really coming out probably more from the 70s, especially post-war, of the spiritual nature of just connecting to the earth and feeling grounded that way. And I remember there was just a little wobble for me, but my mum chatted with me. I was so fortunate to have a mum that always chatted. She was a teacher. She was a real environmentalist. Mm -hmm. And I felt peaceful ever since. And, and also, we, we, we grew up next to one of, I think, the largest cemetery in Britain, one of the largest ones in Europe, called Brookwood. Mm. And uh, we were faced with the whole circle of life there because it was a huge cemetery that was built in Victorian times. And we used to walk around on it for a Sunday afternoon or if we had a date, we'd <laughs> go, let's meet in the, in the cemetery. So we really... But uh, I don't know a groundingness to this this whole idea of of, of life. Did you ever hear of um, the Brookwood Cemetery at all? They've got uh, sections of war graves from different European countries, oh, including a Polish yeah. Polish where, soldiers that died in the where, Second where World War in London. So. Brookwood. Well, it's very interesting because there's a, a train line straight from Waterloo down to Woking. One more stop up to Brookwood in Surrey. And this train line was originally built because in the late 1800s, they thought there was going to be a cholera epidemic in, in London. Mm. So they, they all got themselves prepared and built this beautiful, large Victorian cemetery with train line to boot. And then the epidemic never really emerged. They had this space. And uh, fortunate for us with big redwood trees, well, now the massive big redwood trees planted there and lots of avenues and I mean, obviously, they just used it for local for local people, and then of course that became a commuter line in modern more modern times, and then the commuter belt kind of started building up, and then of course when you go around the cemetery, you see the bracken and the very, um, uh, very sorry picturesque countryside of the heath, and coming up through the bracken, you'll see this angel's wing, stone angel wing, and you'll know there's a Victorian grave there but they used it a lot for the war graves. And there's a very, very big, very pristine, like, lawn cut with nail scissors type of area for the American graves. And, of course, we'd hear on the, um, in November when they celebrated the wars, the, the bugle, da -da -da, standing over the village very eerily. And all gentry from all different countries will come and soldiers with their, their strips there to, to look at the, the graves. But, you know, as somebody living in the village, what we saw was the 
the tragedy of it because if you walk up and down the graves it's gravestones with no bodies but it says maybe jack 16 years old yes you know it's yes. always 17 yes. years old 16 yes. years older and you know it's um something to yeah. remember but there are so celebrate many all. there are so many stories aren't there on uh the gravestones are great great places to find found poetry and um yes and they're very often very neglected and like people they need attention you know and uh then then you find things out don't you so um you talked about a number of different ways in which people can see this question which yeah that's, that's absolutely right where how do you where do you come if you if you do come at it how do you come at it through faith through through the as you call the spiritual route or philosophical or a, a, a mixture of all of that how do you how do you come at it i think it's so um we so can unfold from our upbringing and i don't think it was something ever i chose i had nurturing parents my mother was a teacher my father was a mediator and but they both loved the environment and nature and i was always on a walk somewhere and my father was so conscientious of of uh, even before we had environment really coming into this country of recycling he was always very thrifty and and uh, making sure things were recycled and and looking after the the garden plants and being really holistic but i didn't realize i that's that's what we do now but it was mm. happening then and and my mother was very um she, she really campaigned for um there was an area of land between our village and where her school was in the next village and it was called the lie brookwood lie and it was very very low lying so it did sometimes get flooded but it was a wealth of nature and they were going to build on it. The local council was going to build on it. So rather than campaigning with big placards, she got the children interested in it and did lots of mm. projects where she take the children. Where you could just take children down to the to the to the lie, and um, it wasn't like a massive thing. We just went down and they studied the bugs and the flora and the fauna, and they wrote about it. And then they got their parents involved, and everybody was really understood this area of land and how important it was for the community to have that green around us. And that space to breathe mm. and also not just for us for all the plants and the ecosystem and in the end although it did go on for quite a few years and a lot of fighting it got protected and to this day it still remains mm. and uh, she brought in the idea of this ecology into learning but not just for one subject going through through all the different lessons which she was noted for and she got an award from the queen for it wow. but i mention this more because i was brought up with being sentient uh, sentient for what I was eating, where it came from, uh, what are we eating, also for the land around us and working with it. My dad would be able to do a bonfire at the end of, um, I think it was autumn possibly, with all old leaves and that, but he would know how to contain it so it didn't spread. And and I'd, I'd often go walking with my mum to study birds and look at them and just be really appreciative. And I thought of her this morning when I was walking with a dog, I went down Borden Hall and I saw this flash. I thought, oh, it's green. Is that a green woodpecker or big wings? And I got out my phone to have a look because I'm short-sighted and I didn't have any monoculars. Unfortunately, these phones don't promise as good as they say on the tin. And yes. I zoomed in and still couldn't quite see it. But there, I could see it sitting on the tree looking at me. I was fascinated, that real mindful moment. So mm. 
so where does this bring me now to to what is life and i just feel like i've really carried this vibe through me this this i guess gentleness and whatever's going on in life and i know probably to a man everybody's had a bumpy life and that is the nature of life i i don't know anybody that's had plain sailing but it doesn't mean it's bad it's just these events come up and we we look at it and it's one of those things is not what we do with it is how we move forward with it but i've always had I think an inner peace and an inner gratitude that's made me really realize how lucky I am to be here. And like this morning, I mean, uh, when you're a busy parent and you're running bowls, bowls of home, bowls of garden, bowls of family and bowls of of uh, children or uh, responsibilities or business and that, uh, you're just so rushing mm. that you do life you blink and miss it and then mm. the dog has been amazing because now she's making me go out and then i go bit by bit as you start walking the dog you start feeling the shoulders which are up here kind of going down and then you start going oh i'm looking down okay i'll look up and then you go for a, you see the view and you go oh or view and you start to breathe and then you start to notice and then you have some fun as she's pulling on you and you're being hurtled through the woods <laughs> the greyhound quite fast. <laughs> I'm not as quick as her with my feet not quite touching the ground. And I noticing things and then you stop. Mm. And then you hear, you hear the whole ecosystem. Was that a woodpecker? Was that a blackbird? Or, oh, I think I saw a deer. And then Chloe's like this. Oh, no, that was a squirrel. And then you see where it chases and suddenly... You're not in your own head, in your own body, and you're doing life, and you're imposing your body on this world. You really are as a visitor to it. And then it gives back to you, mm -hmm. because then you feel the sounds. And you hear the sounds. You see them. You smell the wood. And then you see the animal by your side is going through the same things, and you feel this connection. Mm -hmm. And then you carry on with that connection and you want to see more, you want to learn more, you want to feel more. And then you, you hold that. And I, it's that essence that I carry through my life that I want to know more, I want to be more. And I, it's not like searching like for a button underneath a radiator, more and more learning, though I do love books, it's true. I love learning about the area I'm interested in, esoteric, I guess. But when you immerse yourself in nature, and I know it sounds like a cliche, like a, I often think words become so sanitized, like love or peace or joy. We see them on like a cat poster or on a book or outside a church. But when you actually feel it, ah, the light comes on and we go, yes, that's what it's about. It's about feeling when you're in nature and allow yourself to decompress, you really feel what it's all about. And I can carry that. And then life is about being part of it more than that. It's holistically like a leviathan if we we really appreciate that we are part of it we can heal with it just by being in it we can learn from it we can clear, hear our mind and our bodies and, and i know you 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 experience this too with your with your wonderful photographs you share when you are on a walk or run mm. you're running along and you have that moment where you see that beautiful theatrical tree that mm. did the most wonderful photograph mm. Mm. i don't know when it was like it was lit by the atmosphere and it can stop you in your tracks and go oh there's more to me than me <laughs> mm. that is so beautifully put Fiona sorry I'm mumbling I'm mumbling 
That is so beautifully put, Fiona. Um, so much of that I want to unpack a bit and learn from. Mm -hmm. So let us, uh, if I may, is going to go back to two of those things, two things you said there that, that uh, really resonate with, with me, as you say. One was about the light. You said something about a lot, almost like a light comes on and you feel part of it. Mm. Uh, if I'm remembering right. And the other was you mentioned something about um, you feel like a visitor to, mm. the, to mm. the place. Do you want to, you want to say yes. more about those two things? Yes, and, and definitely to clarify, it, it's very much similar to that phrase when it's a very known phrase. There's a whole lot of, although I'm not going to quote it properly, but I'll quote the essence of it. There's a whole big difference between being still and doing nothing. Yeah, and in fact, actually, funny enough, it was used in one of our films that we love. Uh, my daughter and I, the, the the Karate Kid, with Jaden Smith and and Jackie Chan, and he says to um, the boy, he goes, "There's a, a whole big difference between being still and doing nothing." And being a visitor does not mean that I feel on on the outside that I'm disconnected. It means that I am more grateful. I see that there is the bigger picture. And that's the irony when people are so much in their own heads or in their own houses. I always see a house as very Jungian, um, very Freudian in a way, um, in that our heads, our houses become our minds. And if we're too much in the house, it's like we're too much in the mind. And although it's got its wonderfulness, like it's very lovely on a cold day or when we want to be peaceful to be in the home, and um, let it nurture us in a Swedish way. And I cannot pronounce the word like hugue or that's totally different, but that, that art of just being and being peaceful and, and going with the season. So if it's winter, we will snuggle down and go to bed earlier and get up maybe later and feed our bodies with, with warmer foods and, and uh, work, work with the natural light or the natural dark. And there is that moment of being in the home and snuggling and there is the time of the home when it's spring and we're emerging, we want to clean and dust and throw open the windows and be a bit Julie Andrews, da -da, like this. <laughs> <laughs> but there is also the time when we need to get out of our minds and get out of the home. And especially with mental health, um, it's about literally if you if your your mind is swamping you with this and this and this and this. The Nate, when you step outside, first the air will take off that, the feet on the ground will take off that, the looking up the bird call will take off that, and bit by bit you can unpeel yourself and emerge like this flower. And of course, there are other ways, <clears throat> nature is very important, excuse me, um, that you could say is more mind going into the mind, like you know, we do the meditation, we do sound healing, we can do reiki. And is that not a form of meditation which can go in the mind? But actually, maybe I feel with the sound healing, that vibrations, it's again, it's tapping into what nature is giving us. Mm. Is it we're just standing outside? Well, if we're just a scientific um, mistake and we just happen to be here and we work and we, we live and then we pass away and we wave a certificate at the end and go, look what I've achieved or not achieved, then <laughs> of course it's nothing. Or if we're standing out in nature... And actually, is it the vibrations that are healing us? Maybe mm. it is the call of the bird. Maybe it is the essence from the ground. Maybe it is the wind. Maybe it's what we don't know. Maybe it's the sun. I mean, when I go to Turkey, 
it's like without doing anything at all, the sun heals. It balances my body, my hormones, my well-being. Mm. And I know there's A and D and E, but there's something in there that we don't know that is that extra magical element. Mm. So maybe the vibrations of outside healing us in ways that we don't even begin to know of. I mean, now the, the, the people that are really investigating, doing great studies with mushrooms and the, 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 the microorganisms underneath where uh, all this, like the world wide web, but in nature's form, we're all communicating in the soil and the ground. Mm. Those are vibrations. Hence why if we take off our socks and shoes, we can feel it. And there's wonderful studies where trees have their saplings and they can sense where the saplings are. This wonderful connection of nature where all the plants know where each other plant is. So they all plant each other in the best place to be for that community of woodlands. So when, you know, we as humans come along and chop it down, we're not just chopping down trees, we're chopping down a carefully orchestrated living organisms all knowing where each other are. Mm. So when a tree is felled or it dies of old age, other plants come and feed the saplings. And it makes for a terrible job of gardening, though. I had an old cherry tree in my old garden and that used to plant itself everywhere with its seeds because the pigeons used to come and enjoy its fruits <laughs> and get a little drunk on the cherries <laughs> and plant. And I'd be very conscious, especially being a vibrational healer of a Reiki practitioner, that I could feel that the plant would know where where the saplings were and if if you go too far you would just leave everything to be um so getting back to what is life i see people come along to the sound vibrations and myself included i enjoy the own vibrations and are they lying and being in their heads or are they having something external helping them to, to be and the vibrations of life in this case sound going through and relaxing releasing rejuvenating and everybody says afterwards they feel so peaceful and they, they have a good night's sleep mm. and um, meditation again um, people that come to see me they say it's so difficult with meditation I can't do it well that's with the beauty of doing it with other people and our friend Peter will do a, a qigong meditation where we'll all tap in and he'll guide us through it and my friend Lucy James you'll do a moon meditation where we'll lie there and then I don't have to be responsible for the meditation she will guide and then I'll find myself taken down through levels of understanding the vibrations in my own body through chakras and again I will fall into some kind of state between sleep and wakeness where I come back feeling far more refreshed than I did mm -hmm. when I sleep so so sorry this is quite a long monologue but no it's beautiful yeah. carry, carry on so many different as it I, I don't think because there's a it's such a holistic question so it has to be answered with such a, a holistic response yes um what is life well we can go searching for it the meaning of life or we can stand and be ask start experiencing looking at that word gratitude keeps coming up as well whatever's yes. going on in your life we can either murder it and be traumatized by it but it's not going to change things. We need to be able to put on our place where we allow the healing to come to us. But some people find the faith and vibration with singing, being in a community, in a church or in a mosque, and they'll find that community of the vibrations of other souls with them. It is common um, need. Mm. It could be through circles and groups. I know Foundation House, they'll have, come, they'll have signs for come and knit you know, or crochet or draw or make things again 
is it just people sitting there doing things i don't think so it's that being together and feeling that real strength of other vibrations and people that are feeling the same and you can feel their energy and you can then start little by little to talk and chat and share it's the vibrations of that of the humanness and um or with meditation or groups or yoga or it's about connecting i think that's the word i think the meaning of life is learning to connect and then of course the bigger picture where does that leave us back to the the whole eternity well if we look at it, nature we see cycles all the time and patterns in nature but it's always so circular there was a i mean i love i've always loved astronomy i've been fascinated as a child and i I so wanted to be an astronomer and go to space. And it was the time of Star Wars coming out and understanding about NASA. And I had a cardboard um, um, rocket that I made when I was young. And um, in my secondary school, there was a fantastic teacher, Mr. Anslow, who was a science teacher. And he started a science astronomy club. So I joined and it was me and seven boys, but my maths was lacking. I like maths. I just wasn't good with it. My science was lacking. I, I love the idea. I just didn't really understand it. I had bags of enthusiasm. So I was going there and we went on to the top of our, of our, this was a, the Winston Churchill School in, down in Surrey. And um, they had a, a tower block and on the top was a roof. And we used to go up with our with the telescope and we'd try and um, at that point see the sun with a bit of paper and he'd, you know, you could go, he had a telescope in his home as well. So, you know, he'd do a little groups. We could go and see his this telescope and study the scars. And he took us up to London. Oh, I was so awed. We went up to Waterloo Station, then walked over to Embankment where there was still a cardboard city. And there were so many homeless people, just a swathe of them all sleeping on bits of cardboard outside the embankment. And it was like a gosh, an awakening call. And he took us to go and see Patrick Moore giving a talk about space. But it was that looking out. I mean, unfortunately, I couldn't continue it so much. I couldn't I couldn't keep up with the GCSE, but I've never lost my enthusiasm for space. And it's that looking out and finally coming from London up to here a year, well, nearly two years ago. I can stand in my garden and look up and I look towards Stratford and there's a bit of a, a little bit. You can see stars, but not so much. And I look out towards the Borden Hill and it's dark. And I see the stars and then I see beyond the stars and I see the, you know, just uh, clusters. Yes. And I know that the light coming towards me, I'm seeing a star from the beginning of time. Yes. And I will then see my place not as very small and insignificant, but my body I know has been made from all stardust and all the, the elements that came to the earth to create it. And yes. I know looking out, there'll be other lives and life forms. Just statistically, there has to be. Yes. And and I know that there was a beautiful piece of information where scientists think that sometimes there are multiple big bangs. Like yes. when suns collapse so much, when the universe has collapsed so much, I think this is correct, maybe I'm wrong, but they'll, it will get so minute with this pressure and the, the weight that yeah. it will then burst through and have another big bang. And I thought, gosh, the eternity of life, we have this universe and eventually the lights will go off, the stars will die and then it compresses so much it bangs to a whole new circle, just like our own lives with this life and and death and and you know, we can't break our energy and I will be continuing in many forms in my own energy, with energies of other around me, with all this beautiful pureness of energy continuing, looking out at the the stars, knowing that I'm part of 
beautiful, beautiful, I don't know, geometry patterns that we find in nature. This most perfection that we could never even dream of. We could never create without it being funky. That's, so, yes. Again, absolutely beautiful. And I want to cut, there's one, something I want to come back to there, which, because um, I've had the pleasure of experiencing your sound healing workshops and also Lucy's uh, chakra workshops. And they were very, um, very, very, very challenging in the sense mm -hmm. that uh, um, the language that you were using and that Lucy was using was not one that I was familiar with. And I love that because what is uh, one of the things that's most exciting about life, as you were just saying, is being open. Well, you didn't say, use that word, but I'm, I'm inferring from what you've said, being open to the whatever is around us and whatever is. And I love what you said about um, when I was talking about the visitor and then you was in, and you clarified that really helpfully for me about being part of it and I love what you said about the insignificance because you often hear this not casting a judgment at all but people often say oh well when I look at the stars I feel very I feel I see my own insignificance and I love the way you turn that on its head which I've not heard before that you see your significant or the significance of yes what is and that there yes so let's if i may let's let's go into that a bit um and uh yes unfortunately <laughs> if zoom conks out on us which it probably will in the next 10 minutes we'll come back in again if you don't mind do it and do it. oh here it is yes it was i just got a sign that says You've got to, because I I'm doing this on the cheap, Fiona. I am um, cost of living and all that. <laughs> the best way to do it. Yes, uh, quite. I can't afford the full Zoom subscription. <laughs> <laughs> well, everything is like demand and pay. <laughs> but but I see these things as like, and this is very pretentious and, and I, um thing to say. But I think I see these conversations that I have with people uh on, on for the for for the YouTube channel as being like sort of sonnets, really there's something about the compression of time that makes that that potentially yields great jewels and that is what i i'm getting from this so i'm going to shut up after i ask you the next question and just let you expand I bet you were a fan you were a teacher were you a teacher yes i taught art in a secondary school it was um I taught in thomas tellis and then kidbrook school down in southeast london in kid yeah kidbrook and um, it was that was, it was such a wonderful experience working with children. You're never bored, ever bored. No, and not. they give such they give such insight, um, such fun. They think outside the box all the time. And I just wanted to cherish that because so often we I find society tries to compartmentalize everybody, and it's only through our mistakes that we learn. Otherwise. We'd know everything coming out of the womb <laughs> because babies would be amazing. We only learn from our learnings. And I wish that there was more arts and more ability to investigate and experiment and make those mistakes. But knowing the word mistake is not a, a mistake. A mistake is investigative. Absolutely. Where where has the, um, I'm, uh, that's really prompted me. I'm going to look at the etymology of this word mistake and see who who has steered it in that direction. Now, yes. let's, let's tackle the big one then in 10 minutes and then we'll come back to it. 
Um, yes. What's your understanding of uh, of the word God then, um, uh, Fiona? In all of this, how how does you how do you d- d- does does that connect with your worldview at all? Yes, of, yes, of course. Actually, I I do have I do have a faith as well as a spirituality. I find it these days very difficult to put a label on, not because um, and define it with a word of, for example, Christianity, because. So much has been done in the name of it, and people go, I believe this for my faith, and I believe that for my faith. And there is a wariness if I label myself that people will then think that I would condone like a Mist West racist idea, or I find that a lot of Christians that you can see in different countries can be racist or bigoted or genderphobic, and I'm none of those. So it's difficult to put a label without for fear of that somebody's going to then lump me lump me with everybody else's opinions which is ridiculous because you've got one label like a christian or muslim and then so many people will interpret it in their own way from their society from their culture from their background from their own need from their own so to label is is difficult am i spiritual definitely that's what i feel but what again what is spiritual is it uh, people might have a connotation of sitting around with your ouija boards but for me I think every religion really is about respect and love and honouring the world around them. I think most religions started that before they get corrupted by needs of people that can channel it for their own for their own will. But right at back at the beginning of religions, I think there was a common belief that there is something that links us. Is it a divine being? Is it a divine energy? And with that belief of this divine energy became this idea of respect for each other and helping each other, doing to others what you would want for yourself, respecting to animals, respecting to the plant, and a real understanding of our part in this. And I think the problem with religions where they've been so corrupted for politics along the way is it isolates people. And then there's a fear that they have to stick to that, otherwise they're bad people. When actually, if we bring back the true essence of any religion, which is about love, then that makes sense to me. And it's funny, as a Reiki practitioner, again, that could be seen as something bad in some religions, like we're channeling healing. Only God or Jesus can do this. But actually, in the Bible, Jesus said, I'm a healer. Again, I won't quote. (laughs) But one day you will be doing this the same as me and, and even better and it wasn't because we'll do it better than jesus what he meant i feel is that everybody will have learned to heal each other and you know we see it all the time we, we meet each other we shake hands we're sharing immediately you know we want to hug people in the heart chakra and that chakra sounds again like a hippie kind of thing but it's where our energy systems are even in modern science it's where the endocrine systems are the healing responsible for hormones and stress so we'll hug each other and saying here you know, when I'm, when, you know, I'm or anybody else would be traumatized, we're, we're here, we're covering our faces to connect maybe to our chakras, maybe to our energy. This is, this is inherent stuff. You know, when we're related, we'll do this, open ourselves. But the most beautiful is if we have a baby and we're breastfeeding, we're, we're not just breastfeeding the baby, we're putting it in our heart chakra, we're placing it in our heart, the energy wow. vibrating out of us. Wow. And we're nurturing, not through just food, but through metaphoric food as well. Mm. And, when people come to see me for Reiki, often it, it can be for an achy thing, but it often is because they're not too sure where they're going. 
And it's not like I do anything. It's about, it's like an ancientness. They lie there, they just place on hands and people can feel peaceful, comforting and really allow themselves, give the accountability, the permission to relax and just be still and to feel their own body, the phone mind, be calm, let everything else that's been busy in our world and in this modern world, it's coming at you all the time, just to shed all that for a moment, just be. And it's, it's love. It's two people together, one person saying, I need help and support, and the other person going, you be still. I'll be near you. I'll just put my hand on you, just even on an arm, and say it's okay. You can give yourself time out just to be. And then they always have to feel better. And I think if you then spread that out, that's the community groups. And now we're seeing in community, especially I see with the community cafe and foundation hour and in the foundation house, sorry. Um, it's about saying we don't need communities where we can hire them. We need, you know, for birthdays that we need community hubs where people can come together yeah. and people give services and people can receive services, whether it's music or singing or sharing, yeah. you yeah. know, just talking, where they can be together, they can give a hug, where they're noted, where they're seen, where somebody yeah. goes, Oh, hi, you know, John, you were here last week. Yes. And we extend that out where people feel in a town or we're, we're coming together to save our field from being built on yes we'll save that, that because the animals and the plants and the rivers just important to us yes or we'll club together because you know we're having a difficult time or we extend that love towards actually we're not just a country we're part of europe with the the terrible earthquake that happened in syria and, and turkey and our hearts we went out we could feel those people those people were sleeping and they they were scared and traumatized for losing a loved one. We, we could feel it, so our heart went out. And if we can keep extending that understanding of our connection, where through that love and that vibration, with a, a higher vibrational essence, be that God, be that uh, whether we call him Allah or God or the divine goddesses that are worshipped or we worship the ground, it's it's that vibrational healing of community coming together on a global scale of love where we have sympathy and empathy and we can stand back and we get out of our heads and we look up and go, that person over there is me. Yeah. They're human. They vibrate. They're on the land. We're all on yeah. the land. And yeah. whenever I've become stressed in my life or well, things have been too big for me, I'm going through too much because I had my share of of difficulties a lot of share of difficulties but i've worked through them and i feel, still feel so grateful for my life and there's never a moment i don't feel happy or grateful because i imagine myself coming back from the planet bit by bit by bit i see my country i see the earth and i'm in the stars and i look down and i see perspective and i feel all the cosmos around me and i look down and i see my planet and i'm like whoa i wish i could bring everybody back just to see the beautiful planet here feel it well there's the amazon there's the deserts there's the seas we're, it's ours and we're all people there vibrating let's do this together it's only when we zoom down we realize that people get stuck in their heads and their narrative and their obligations or their fears i think fear is the main one that we're all so separate and scared if you can just step back whether it's into the garden into a walk into a group for people to be brave enough to go and sit with them and get out of ourselves a little bit and you know pull ourselves back and see the bigger picture 